to see everybody here today. I don't know about you, I tried to find something that would fit after eating so much for the last two weeks. I told Jeremy, I said, we got one more day of this because we've got cheese balls and all kinds of stuff in the fridge, so we got to eat it up. And then tomorrow, I think we're going to eat salad till Jesus comes back. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just done with it, you know. But praise the Lord, how many of you had a wonderful Christmas Happy New Year to you. I don't know about you, I was ready to stand up at midnight and wave 2020. Bye-bye. Amen. Thank God for all of the good things that happened, but I'm ready for a new year. Amen. And a fresh expectation for this year. God has some important things that He's doing. You know, this is an important week. I'm so thankful you prayed because we were going to today. This is an important week for our nation. And so it it's so important that we take what God has declared about this nation and that we speak that out of our mouth. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, this has been prophesied and that's been prophesied, so it's just going to happen. No, 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 no. The word of God is a sure word of prophecy. That it doesn't just automatically happen. You've got to mix your faith with it. And we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, it's important for us to stand firm and to not give up. Don't come talk to me. Well, the election's over and we just, you know, just get, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. It's not over. I said it's not over. And I'm going to tell you, theft Stealing an election? Well, where's the evidence? Well, you can't see it on the media because they won't show it to you. But we need to be more discerning. The church needs to be more discerning than what they are. And we need to stand up for righteousness. We need to stand up for God's will. Amen. And we need to proclaim that what God has desired for this country to do. You know, there's, there's something we have. We have the freedom of speech in America. China doesn't have that. I'm telling you, even Canada doesn't have it. Nobody has it like America. And I tell you, we better stand up with the faith of God and declare His word over this nation, over this election. And I believe we're going to see great things, important things happen for the gospel, for the church, and for you. Because we're in a different time. Jesus is coming back very soon. But there's a harvest that must be won. And all the forces of hell are trying to stop it. But they will not win. If we unite our faith and declare what God has said, we will see God move in this hour in a powerful way. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you're just getting political. No, it's not politics. We're way past politics. I said we're way past politics. People that are mad at me for talking about this stuff, you've been preconditioned to believe that pastors can't stand in their pulpit and say something. We're going to say plenty. Because we are the church, we are here with a voice. Everybody else has a voice. Why can't the church have a voice? The church does have a voice. They've been intimidated. But we're not going to be intimidated any longer. We're going to stand for righteousness. We're going to stand for what's right. We're going to stand for integrity. Yes, 
and truth. And I believe we will see the hand of God move in a powerful way. Hallelujah. On behalf of his people. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't we just give God thanks for it. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have a plan that you're working. We are in faith believing that even though it looks like nothing is happening, much is happening by the Holy Spirit. See, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit. It's by your Spirit. Hallelujah, that there will be a great breakthrough for America. We give you praise and we give you glory for it. And we want you to know that we have not changed. We have not thrown in the towel. We believe you. We believe in what you're able to do. We believe you will do it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Well, are you ready to get into the word today? Why don't we open our Bibles and why don't we go over to, um, go over to Matthew chapter 24. I don't know about you, I brought my shouting clothes on. Hallelujah. I'm excited about uh, what God is doing. God, is, God has done amazing things this year. Just um, what has happened with the church. You know, I, I know that in the natural things look uh, bleak in a lot of ways. You know, we've, we've got, a, you know, not a lot of our people back in services yet. But I'm telling you, this has been the most amazing year of harvest that we've ever seen. 2020 just just blew the, the cap off of it as far as salvations, people that we were able to reach through our, um, you know, our online services and, and all of our videos that we put out there. It has been incredible, the response that we've had from that. Financially, this has been the, last month was the biggest month we've ever experienced in the history of our church. And consistently since March, we increased. In, there was never a downturn. And so I tell you, God is faithful. I said God is faithful. He's not contained to the limitations of this world. And I tell you, if it's a good day to be a child of God, it's today. Hallelujah. Because he is our source and he is leading us on. Aren't you glad for the leadership of God in your life. He has been so faithful to tell us what to do and to lead us every step of the way. Well, he's not done. Hallelujah. He's going to lead you into some good places in 2021. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you over in Matthew chapter 24? We're going to kind of continue where we were a few weeks ago. Um, I know sometimes these messages have been kind of fragmented. Um, but I really believe this is going to be helpful to you today. We're going to continue on uh, standing against deception. Standing against deception. The powers of deception are at work. Really strong. Everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it is just, um, as a pastor, it's concerning to see so many people caught up in deception. But you know, the Bible talks about it over here in Matthew uh, 24. 
Jesus talked about how that is something that we are going to see in the end time. Say, what are you talking about the powers of deception? There, there is a deliberate attempt to deceive people, to mislead people, to give people wrong information in order to control what they do, control how they think, control how they vote. All kinds of things happening, and they're doing it the way they're able to do it is through deception. You know, I was talking to, I think I was talking to Jeremy about this a few weeks ago. I said, isn't it amazing how so much has changed in just a, a short amount of time? You know, used to, if you needed to make a decision about something, you know, you would go to the Lord, but, you know, also you would look at natural things, you know, like the vaccine. You know, we've got some people in our church have asked us, you know, Pastor, you know, I'm in the medical field. Should I take the vaccine? Well, I don't know. And if you base what your decision is based on the information that's coming to you through the media, through reports, you might make a wrong decision because information now is given to control. Not to give you the truth. Come on, come on, help me out here this morning. Am I, am I the only one living in, in, on the planet right now with these kinds of... I mean, you look at it, you think, how do you make decisions anymore? There's only one way anymore, and it's by the Holy Spirit, by the direction of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know how to be led by God now, there's still time. <laughs> but you have to in this day and age because... All the ways we've ever done it before has changed. And so we have to recognize that there are powers working. The spirit of Antichrist is working to bring deception to many. And Jesus said that that would be an earmark of the time that we're in. Matthew 24, 4 and 5 says this, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So Jesus is warning them, don't be deceived. And the reason is, is because of what happens to people when they're deceived. It's illustrated to us in the story in the Bible. Remember when the shepherd had a hundred sheep, and one of the sheep went off, went astray, the Bible says that one little sheep went astray. The word astray there is the same word as deceive. So now we know why the little sheep left. It left because it was deceived. But it shows you what happens to people when deception enters in. They pull away from their shepherd. They pull away from the flock. They pull away from the truth and they go another way. They drift. A lot of people are drifting right now and they don't even see it. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus has given us tools to use in this life 
to use in this hour and it will defend you. It will protect you. It will keep you safe from the powers of deception to where your mind and your thinking and your faith is not influenced, not one single bit, by the powers of influence working in the world, by the powers of deception that are in the world today. Are y'all with me today? Let's look at some things. Go over to 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to do a little bit of review and then we're going to get into something new. I, bless, I believe you're going to be blessed by this. This is needed right now. So much in our life. Um, one of the things that we have to help prevent deception in our life is the Word of God. Don't be dismissive in any way of the Word of God. I tell you, prioritize the reading of the word, the hearing of the word. Yeah, but I've heard those sermons over and over again. Hear them over and over again. Hear them some more. Get that foundation strong in your spirit and in your heart. Because, see, this is what's happening. I, I, I've been thinking about this, and I'm, you're seeing it so much. In the world, you have the spirit of Antichrist. We talk about that. But the spirit of Antichrist is anti-God, anti-truth, anti-good. But yet, the way it presents itself and the way it appears, it appears like it's good. You remember in the garden, Adam and Eve, and God said, you know, you can, you can partake of everything in the garden, but that tree right there, don't touch that tree. Here comes the serpent. Working deception. And he says, what about that tree? Oh, well, that tree, you know, that's off limits to us. God said not to. Oh, yeah, but it's good. It's good for you. It's a lie. And she was deceived into believing that something that God says was not for them was not his will into believing that that was good. We knew you see that today. Love is love. Come on now. I mean, come on. You can't help who you fall in love with. You can't help how you're born. And on its face, it appears good. It seems, I'm going to tell you, it's so powerful. It seems to be right. This is why you have Christians that didn't believe this way five years ago, but now they're open to it. They're open to so much change. They're open to believing lies and to believing these deceptive statements and things. Listen, it's real. How do we defend ourselves against that? There's only one way, and that is to prove things out by the Word. Do you know that you have the right and that God expects you to prove things out by the Scriptures? 
You have a responsibility to look at things and say, that's not right. <gasps> but you're judging. <gasps> Christians shouldn't do that. Yes, we should. We have a right to judge what is good and what is evil. And there are certain lifestyles, there are certain behaviors, there are certain things that are from the very pit of hell. It is sin, it is not right, and you better judge it that way or you are open for deception. How important is it to us that we not be deceived? If it doesn't matter to you, then think any way that you want to. Oh, you're mad. I am mad at the weakness that I see in the body of Christ to where they don't even have enough gumption to stand by the Word of God without apologizing for it. Stand for the Word with no apology. Stand for righteousness with no apology. That's what is required to stay away from deception because I'm going to tell you, even the very elite in the body of Christ will succumb to this, will be persuaded. You see it even now. I'm thinking of a minister right now who years ago took a very strong stand concerning the homosexual lifestyle, but later his son came out, you know, and said, you know, I'm gay and all this. Well, now he's open to other things. That's a bunch of baloney. And it has no place in the church. I'm telling you. Look at what 1 Thessalonians says. Boy, you, you, really, you really shouldn't say these things. Yeah, I should. And probably should say a whole lot more. Because we got to know the truth. The truth, the truth is so valuable. The truth is as valuable as rubies. It is as valuable as gold. It is as valuable as silver. The problem is you have Christians who don't want the truth. But the price of deception is so terribly high. But the devil will never let, never let you see that. Over here in 1 Thessalonians 5. Is this okay? I don't know if y'all are just hot, warm, feel overweight. I don't know. I told Jeremy, I said, we went through a whole thing of Tums since Thanksgiving. I'm done with eating Tums. I, those terrible, chalky things. I've never had so much heartburn as I've had over the last four weeks. We're done with it. No more heartburn. Praise the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Prove all things. Do what? Prove all things. Prove it. Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. We are to scrutinize everything we hear. We are to scrutinize everything we believe by the word of God and then stand by it. 
Now, I'm going to tell you, you can't be a Bible illiterate and prove things out by the Word. That's the biggest problem, is Bible illiteracy. People don't know the Word enough to prove anything out. It's the truth. But that's how you overcome the powers of of deception. Can I just read you a scripture? We'll just can you can you put on the screen first John four and three and four? I was reading this um, a couple of weeks ago and I shared it at the other campus. But I mean this is this is just so powerful. In first John four, three and four says, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. We've heard that it should come, but notice this, and even now already is it in the world. So it's here. It's here, and it's working, and we can see it. But look at this next part, that ye are of God, little children. Hallelujah. And have overcome them. What's them? Those evil spirits. The spirits of deception. The spirits that want to trick you. The spirits that want to lead you astray. You have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are of God. Hallelujah. In the midst of this craziness, we are of God. And through him, we overcome Every evil spirit, every wrong spirit, every spirit of deception, every lying spirit, every lying wonder, we overcome it through him. And we overcome it through his word. You have to begin to prove things out by the scriptures. Hallelujah. If you don't, you're going to be deceived. Uh, put it on the screen if you would. John 17, 17, and we're going to move on. It says, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word. Well, what is the truth? Well, here it is. Thy word is truth. The word of God is the foundation for every truth here. I mean, if it's true... Its origins are found in this book. It is the foundation for all truth. And here's the thing. If you don't believe that, you're already deceived. If you don't believe that this book is the final authority of life, well, there is no, there is no real authority of truth. There is no final truth. There, yes, there is, and it's right here. And if you don't believe that, you're deceived already. Hallelujah. Say this, say the word of God is truth. Hallelujah. It is the truth. All right, go over here to 1 John chapter 2 with me. And uh, I want to talk about another tool that we have to defend us against deception, the powers of deception. And that is the Holy Spirit. 
And I want to talk in particular about the working of discernment. The discernment of the Holy Spirit. Discernment is God enabling you to know things that without Him you wouldn't know. And how He causes you to know it is down on the inside of you, there's a perception. There's a knowing. There's something about knowing things by the Spirit. This is a supernatural hour where you're going to see this working in your life or maybe you're just going to pay attention to it more (laughs) than you ever have in your life. But I want you to know that the power of discernment is in you. It is working in you. And it's working in you by the Holy Ghost. I love this verse. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. It says, but ye have, you have it already, hallelujah. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Whoo! You have an unction. You have an unction. You have an unction. See, sometimes we think, well, is that just me? No, my friend, you have an unction. There's something working in you. The Holy Ghost dwells on the inside of you. And he's not in there just taking a nap. He's not in there eating cookies and milk. He's in there working a work in your life, guiding you, leading you, helping you to know things that your mind doesn't know, but he knows. And he wants to reveal it to you. So powerful. Um, Over here, go over to... um, Well, I'll look at some verses. Why don't you go over to Romans chapter 12. Let me just talk about some things. I wrote these things down um, last night. Just some things that I know in my life the Holy Spirit has helped me to know or discern that without Him I wouldn't have known it. Uh, I wrote this down. You can know or discern by the Spirit motive. Motive. By the Spirit, He will help reveal to you motive in things, people's motive. See, I'm I'm just blown away over you know um, the the socialism stuff and how people think. Oh, we're going to get all these free things. Look at the motive. You can't discern that. That the, that, the, that the motive behind that is to control people. Even during this pandemic. You can't get your hair done, but I'll go to the hair salon and 
get mine done and, and then shut the salon down when they tattle on me? Motive. Control you, but I do what I want to do. Even, don't get mad at me, reparations. You, know, you hear reparations. Re that is nothing more than another way to get people dependent on the government so they can control them. Motive. And by the Holy Spirit, oh, he will make you so wise. Oh, man, I tell you, the Holy Spirit will make you so wise. He will reveal to you motive in things, motive with people. Well, I'm just, you know, suspicious of people anyway. You don't need to live like that. Just trust the Holy Spirit. Trust discernment. Love people. Don't be critical of people, cynical of people. That's a wrong spirit. You'll, get, you'll fall into a wrong spirit. You'll fall into uh, being a type of person that don't even like people. Cynical people end up that way. You don't need to be cynical. You need to be discerning. There's a big difference. Hallelujah. And then once you see things even with people, you can still love them. See, it's so funny. People think because Jeremy and I are real friendly, they think we don't pick up on a lot of stuff. They think a lot of things just went right over our head. No, it didn't. We see it. Amen. We just love you. Want to pastor people and want to help people. Do you understand? But it's not that we don't know it's not there. You see what I'm saying? He'll help you to know motive. i got to hurry. You get anything out of this? He'll help you to know and discern the facts and the truth from the lies. He'll help you to discern or know things that are even about to take place. He'll show you things to come. What is that? That's the power of discernment working in your life. He'll help you to know or discern purpose. He'll help you to know or discern something's origin, whether it's from God or not, whether it's pure or devilish. See, Christians today are like this. Just think everything good is God. Everything that's glittering and everything that's gold is God. No, you need to be discerning. He'll help you to understand or know or discern where something will take you. Where a decision will take you. You don't know how many people I've talked to that have divorced a spouse and they said, I was standing at the altar and I knew. I knew before I said I do that this would end in divorce. How'd they know that? By the discernment of the Holy Spirit. See, even the world operates this in, in this to a degree because they're the creation of God. They were made in the image of God. You know, um, there's a lot of God-like 
qualities that people that are not born again even, you know, walk in and experience uh, because they're God's creation. But you and I being born again and having the life of God in us and having the Spirit of God in us, we will walk in this to a degree that is far greater than those who don't know God ever will. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, are You're over there in Romans. Say amen or something. Y'all are so quiet. And it's hot. I'm wearing my favorite jacket, but it's hot. I want to read to you some uh, examples of this in the scripture real quickly. Acts 14 and 9. Can we put that on the screen? Acts 14 and 9. It says, The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving, perceiving that he had faith to be healed. He was ministering and he just perceived, he had a knowing in his heart that this man who was listening to him had the faith to be healed. It wasn't a word from God, it was a perception. You see how, how, how easy it is to miss these things? See, God's speaking to us all the time, just a lot of the time we're not listening. And we're not paying attention. But there's a lot that we perceive, but we just kind of go right over it. And it costs us when we do. And then we look back and we think, you know, I kind of knew it was the power of discernment working in your life. Uh, Acts 27.10. This is when Paul was a prisoner and they put him on that ship to Rome. And it went shipwrecked. Notice what he said. He said unto them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and of the ship, but also of our lives. So it wasn't a word necessarily. God said such and such to him. It was a perception. And I really believe this. You know, this few weeks ago, the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, the spirit of wisdom rests upon this church rest upon this congregation. So I started studying about wisdom. We're going to get into a little bit of that today, right at the very end, but we're going to talk about that more. But wisdom and discernment, they just dovetail together. They work together. And so that really blessed me when I saw that. I thought, okay, now I see what God meant by that. It's this working of discernment is upon us. Man. The power of discernment is working. And that blesses me so much to know that it's working in your lives. And it's working in our life. And it's working in my children's lives. It's working in us. It's working in us. We need to say that every day. Father, I thank you that the spirit of wisdom, it rests upon my life. It rests upon our church family. Rests upon our pastors. It rests upon us. And the power of discernment is at work within me. I am able to discern. I am able to know. I have an unction from the Holy One. And I know all things. That is just so precious. That is so precious. And so Paul had this working in his life. You know, um, opportunities come in life. What do you need to know during those times when you're faced with opportunities? You need to know (laughs) 
what God knows about it. Years ago, I think we've shared this before, Jeremy and I were real early on. We, we had uh, Nick at that time. I was pregnant with Parker. There was a gentleman who was precious, precious pastor up north, and he was retiring, and he wanted to give Jeremy and I his church and was really adamant that he wanted us to take this church. And it was a beautiful church, big, large congregation. Everything was paid for, paid for parsonage. And then he was going to give us a chunk of money, like a chunk, big chunk, more than what we were making at that time. Uh, we were working in the ministry, but we weren't making that much. You know, and Jeremy's eyes kept getting bigger, you know, in the conversation. And, um, but, you know, we knew we were more mature, you know, than to just say yes to it. We said, you know, we need to pray about it. But, you know, the more I prayed about it, the more Jeremy prayed about it, we just perceived God didn't really say anything. You think, man, that's a big decision. Wouldn't God give you a word? No word. Just a perception that this wouldn't be good for us. And I'm so thankful for perception because later on, we found out that there were other things going on that he didn't tell us about. It's kind of like a car salesman trying to sell you a car, but they don't tell you all the problems that the car has. But if you buy it and, you know, then you find out later. We would have found out later. But because of something so simple like perception. You see what I'm saying? Perception. It kept us from making a wrong move that we would have regretted later. You know, even with people. You know, um, and we talked about this earlier. You don't want to be a cynical person and just, you know, just sitting back, you know, scowling at it. You know, what, what, what are they all about? I'm not going to, you know, I'm not even going to, you know, talk to them until I know what they're all about. No, you don't need to do that. Just pay attention to your spirit. Because there's times your spirit will bear witness with somebody. And then there's times your spirit doesn't bear witness with people. What is that? It's the power of discernment. And it keeps you from being deceived because there are people with wrong motives that want to deceive you to pull you in. They want you to pull them in to your good graces so that you will trust them. See, people can't, people can't really de deceive you until you trust them. You know, and betray you until you trust them. And so they'll use things like flattery. Don't crave praise. Because the very ones that give it a lot to you, you better watch them. Am I telling the truth or not? See, we want to open our hearts to people or maybe stand back a little bit from people based on one thing. 
based on discernment, based on perception, what God shows you on the inside. I hope y'all are getting some out of this. I just love this. Are you over in um, Romans 12 and verse 6? While you're there, let me just give you a definition of discernment. This is my definition. I gave it to you earlier. It's God enabling you through the Holy Spirit to know things that without him we wouldn't know it. Um, it also means to distinguish. It means to perceive. You see perceive over and over and over again if you study out the word discernment. You see perception, perceive every you know, so it's seen it's not like sometimes a big thing. It's just you're just picking it up. Sometimes it's very small. To distinguish, to perceive, to foresee, and I like this, the ability to know the difference. All right, I want to talk about this. Or you're, you're over there in Romans 12 and verse 6. How do you grow in discernment? How do you grow in discernment? How do you mature in discernment? Brother Hagen taught um, along these lines, not necessarily on discernment, but just on the workings of the Holy Spirit and how to mature and how to grow um, in the things of the Spirit. And he said a couple of things that were really, really good that I wanted to bring out to you. Romans 12 and verse 6. This is a real interesting verse about the workings of the Holy Spirit. One of the workings of the Holy Spirit is discernment. It's a work of the Spirit. This is what he says about the workings of the Spirit. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, see prophecy comes out of the Spirit. Prophecy is a working of the Spirit. He says, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. What does that mean? You prophesy or you operate in these workings of the Spirit according to your proportion of faith. Well, we know this. How does faith come? By hearing, hearing by the word. Now just hang with me. Brother Hagen explained it this way. He said when you're operating in the gifts of the spirit, he goes like if you're prophesying. He said you can't prophesy something beyond your knowledge or understanding of the word of God. So he was talking about how the more you grow in the word, the less limited you are when it comes to the workings of the Holy Spirit in your life. Does that make any sense? You can't pull something out of your spirit beyond the Word. The Word and the Spirit work together. The Holy Spirit works with what's in you. 
So you can't give out of your spirit and prophesy or, 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 or flow with the Holy Ghost beyond your understanding of the word. You just can't. So the same is true with all the workings of the spirit. How do you become more, I like this word, accurate? Don't you want to be accurate with what you're perceiving? How do you do that? Grow in your knowledge of the word of God. Does that make any sense? Grow in your knowledge of the word of God, and the more accurate you'll discern things. The more accurate you'll know things. Another way to grow in discernment is your personal times of fellowship with God. I can't say this enough. Make spending time with God a priority in your life. Well, I just don't have time. I get it, what it's like to be busy. We all get it. I think we all have lives. Isn't it amazing all the technology we have and we can't rest? You know what I mean? We still can't rest. We're, we, we, we're, we make everything so easy to do. And we still can't find time to rest or time to just spend quality time with God. But if you don't, you won't hear or discern things that you need to hear and discern. There's so many things that you need to know. And you can know it accurately just by putting yourself in a position to hear. I remember this happened a few years ago, or several years ago. There was a guy in our church in leadership, in a position of leadership. And one day I was just driving down the road. If you see me in my car, I'm not paying attention to nobody or nothing. It's just a miracle that I get where I'm supposed to go without running into something. Because my mind's on Jesus and I'm praying in the spirit and it's loud and it's anointed and it's powerful. And I mean, you know, it's just real fun time. But I remember one time I'm praying in the spirit. I mean, just praying in the Holy Ghost. And then up out of my spirit, the, the Holy Spirit said, so-and-so's on drugs. <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. I would have never thought that. And I went home, I shared it with Jeremy. I said, this is what the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, are you sure? And I go, he goes, well, what do you want to do about it? I go, well, let's just meet with them. And I'm not going to accuse them of anything. I'm just going to share with them what happened and, you know, ask him if there's anything he wants to share with us. And that's what we did. We got in, we got in that meeting and I shared with him. I said, you know, this was... This might sound strange. I said, but this happened. And then when I did, I mean, he just, he just, he just broke down. He began to weep. He said, I'm addicted to, to uh, he was addicted to opioids. He was addicted to painkillers. And that meeting was the beginning of that 
being turned around in his life. Hallelujah. God began to work in his life, began to do some things, and he, praise the Lord, he's not on drugs today. How did that begin? Discernment. And it was so accurate. How? Because you're in a position to hear it. You're in a position to hear it accurately. Hallelujah. Uh, can I give you some more scriptures? I hope you're getting something out of this. First uh, Corinthians, let's just put that on the, on the screen. And then uh, let me give you a couple of more scriptures after this, and then, then we'll, we'll go on to something else. I love this in 1 Corinthians 2.14. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the, the Spirit of God, for their foolishness to him, neither can he know them. But look at this, because they are spiritually discerned. So the things of God, the things of the Spirit, you can't know them in a natural way. They're spiritually discerned. So if we're going to know things that we need to know that we don't know, <laughs> how is God going to reveal it to us? He's going to reveal it to us through discernment. These things are going to have to be spiritually discerned in our lives. All right. Uh, go to 1 Kings, and then I think we'll, we'll close with this. I want to get into a little bit. We're just kind of maybe over the next few weeks go back and forth between discernment and, and wisdom. You know, next week we have Joe Morris that's coming. We're going to live stream that here. So he's going to be in him at live, but we're going to have our worship you know, receive our offering and everything. And then when it's time for him to get up and minister the word, we're going to live stream that here. So, and then you can come back that night also and, and hear Joe again. So at 6 p.m. But we don't want you to miss any, any of, of, of what he has to bring because I know that he's got some really important things to share with us about the end time and where we're at. So come back next Sunday. But then after that, we'll pick back up on, on this. 1 Kings 3.9. I want to talk a little bit, just give you a taste of the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is something we have. It flows together with discernment. The wisdom of God flows together with discernment. But it's something that we have that's a defense against deception that's in the world today. And if you read here, we're going to read in 1 Kings 3, 9. This was Solomon's prayer when he took um, the kingship. You know, Solomon is known as the wisest, you know, man on earth, except Jesus was wiser than him. But until Jesus, Solomon was the wisest man, was the richest man on the face of the earth. But, you know, his beginning was very humble. And this is his beginning right here. He came to God with a prayer. <laughs> and I, I think it's interesting because when you, when you look at people that, like Joshua, who followed successful leaders, you know, Moses was phenomenal. Phenomenal leader, 
led them through the Red Sea, led them out of Egypt, you know, all these things. And then here's little Joshua, and he's got these big shoes to fill. That had to have felt really intimidating. Well, you know, here's little Solomon, David's son. Here's David, warrior, man of war, strong, mighty, courageous. Oh, the courage of David. I'm just in awe of the courage of David. You know, the courage of David saved the nation of Israel. Goliath is out there, you know, threatening. And I mean, everybody's backing down. Saul's back in the palace. And here comes this little shepherd boy with more courage in his heart than his body could handle. And he's all, who's this guy? This uncircumcised Philistine. We're the ones with the covenant with God. Who does he think he is? I'm going to go kill him. I'm going to go cut his head off. Everybody's like, shh, you're going to make it mad. But his courage in going after the giant saved the whole nation. I mean, you know, you study David, it's just, it's powerful. You know, even with, you know, you read it in the scriptures where it talks about how Jesus will sit on the throne of David. His courage is still acknowledged and honored by God today? And so, how would you like to fill those shoes? Because Solomon was not like David. Nothing like David. <clears throat> Wasn't a warrior. Not a man of war. But he came to God and he said, God, I need you to help me do this. I can't do this by myself. And this is his prayer. And I, I tell you, I just it, just it just about makes me weep when I read this because I think, God, this is what we need. We can't do this. The end time revival? How are you going to do I don't know. I don't even know what a lot of it's going to even look like. We don't know what our world is going to look like next week. We don't know what the end of 2021 is going to look like. But God does. And he's guiding you. And he'll give you the same thing that he gave Solomon. Look what Solomon did. He said, this is his prayer. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people. Can you put that slide up there? I just want to look at it in some other translations. The CEV, he said, please make me wise <laughs> and teach me the difference between right and wrong. Then I will know how to rule your people if you don't, there is no way I could rule this great nation of yours. 
You know, that's what we say, Lord, thank you for wisdom. I ask for wisdom. I ask for discernment working in my life so that I know the difference between right and wrong. I know the difference between all of the things I'm hearing. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. I know what's good. I know what's bad. So that I can live successfully in this hour, raise my family in this hour, not be deceived and drift away from the truth in this hour. If I don't have your wisdom, I can't do it. The ERV says, so I ask you to give me the wisdom to rule and to judge them well and help me to know the difference between right and wrong. What a prayer. Lord, help us to know the difference between right and wrong, not Democrat and Republican. Help me to know the difference between right and wrong. That's what needs to matter, that we have discernment about what's right and what's wrong. Without such great wisdom... It would be impossible to rule this great nation. So if you read these verses, he asked for an understanding heart to discern. And discernment flows together with the wisdom of God. Can I read you one more scripture over in James chapter 3? We're going to pick up here next time. This passage is, is so good. There's so much. And I've read over this so many times, and I didn't really read it. Have you ever done that? And you go back and read a scripture again, and you think, man, that's good. Where was I? Man, this is good. James 3.15, this is talking about the two wisdoms. This wisdom, notice this descendeth not from above. This is the first wisdom that it's talking about. It's not from God. But it is earthly, sensual, and devilish. There's a wisdom in this world today influencing anybody it can get its hands on. Influencing our young people. I'm so mad at our educational system. They have totally brainwashed this younger generation. And they just yak, 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 a bunch of nonsense. And there's not one thing that they think that is their own thoughts and opinions. It's somebody else's that brainwashed them into believing that way. It is devilish. And the only thing that can oppose it and overcome it is the Word of God and them getting their minds renewed to the Word of God. That's why the Word is so important. It's the only thing that can transform your thinking away from this earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom that's in the world. 
And I'm telling you, it has corrupted so many Christians. It has defiled the way they think and the way that they believe. Don't fall asleep on me. I'm not done. Verse 16. For where envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above. There's an earthly, devilish, sensual, sensual wisdom in the earth. But there is a wisdom that comes from above. Glory to God. Is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. One of the ways to keep from being deceived is simply to follow the wisdom of God. Like, is it pure? How can you discern whether it's God? Is it pure? And then you just go on down the road. Isn't, it, isn't that beautiful? I mean, I'm just thinking, man, that's so powerful. That we can discern by the wisdom of God. Because that's what the wisdom of God looks like. It's pure. It's gentle. Easy to be entreated. We'll look at these things. Isn't it awesome? This is in us. We don't have to be deceived. I will not be deceived. I will not be deceived. Well, who are you thinking? That, I'm telling you, I'm, I believe that. Now, there's things I've got to do. I've got to stay close to the Word. I've got to walk in fellowship with God and hear from Him. But I am so grateful that we are not left helpless in a world where there's so much devilish wisdom everywhere that says, oh, no, this is what's right. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. It's full of hell. And it's from hell. And I'm not going to patty cake around with it and just preach little nice sermons and not talk about these things. This is where we live. You can't turn on the TV. You can't turn on the news. You can't turn on anything without there an intent to brainwash you to believe a different way. That is what is standing in the way, my friend, of the enemy's plan in the earth is the church. And the one of the reasons he's, or one of the ways he's working is to deceive people to think just like him. I heard the Pope. The Pope, which I could say a lot. But he said, you know, I think that if a person just follows good morals, they'll make it to heaven. Sounds good. Sounds good. Devilish. Devilish wisdom not from above oh you shouldn't say these things 
That's how the world acts. Have you ever had them do that to you? Correct, you, correct your stuff on, never hear from them until you put something out on social media and then, oh, you know, I don't think a pastor should talk like that. I'll talk any way that I want to. How about that? I've got freedom of speech. I can speak the truth. I absolutely can. See, you've got the world telling you how you should act. They can say whatever they want, but you shouldn't say, because that's judging. <gasps> no, it's called proving things out by the measure of truth, which is the word of God, the discernment of the Holy Spirit, and the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that today? I'm telling you, we're not done. <laughs> We've got some more things to learn along these lines because this is our defense. This is our defense. This is our family's defense. I speak that over my children, that they have a wise and understanding heart, that they're able to know the difference. They're able to distinguish between right and wrong, good and bad, because it's not all good. Well, it's all good. No, it ain't. It's not all good. There's a bad out there. But through the Holy Spirit, he'll help you to discern what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just thank God. Father, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for helping us. It is such a important thing that we seek you and that we keep our eyes on you during this time you are so faithful to lead us and guide us in all truth and we just want to say thank you for your abiding presence within us thank you for the holy spirit who helps us to discern who helps us to perceive helps us to know he is our greatest friend in this earth he is the greatest help to us and we declare that his ministry is working in our life. There's a ministry that he came to fulfill in our life to lead us and to guide us in all truth. And we say that that ministry, hallelujah, is being done in our lives today. He's fulfilling that ministry in our lives today. And we give you praise. We give you glory that you're helping us to keep us in the will of God. We will not be drifters. We will not drift away from the truth. We will stay right in step with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Do you, did you bring your vision list today? If you didn't, that's okay. But you know, something we do every year at the church is we um, write down what we see for the coming year. You know, the Holy Spirit works with you in that. The Bible says, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Those are heart desires. The Holy Spirit puts things in your heart that he wants you to hook your faith up with. So if you haven't done it yet, that's okay. 
But listen, get your vision list together. And sometime this week, we're going to do it now for those who are ready. But sometime this week, just lift that up to the Lord. Write it all down. Lift it up to the Lord and pray over that. And keep that in front of you. You know, we're not putting God to a time limit. Like, you know, you've got till... Don't you know, December 31st to make this year to get it all done. No, it's just, Lord, this is my expectation. I think it's important to start out the year with strong expectation. Amen. So if you got it, just lift it up to the Lord. We're going to pray over them. Father, we thank you for these heart desires, these things that are birthed in us by the Holy Spirit. And, Father, we declare in Jesus' name that it shall all come to pass. I believe this is a breakthrough year. Woo! Glory to God. A breakthrough year for things. Things that we have believed for maybe year after year. I believe this year it's coming to pass. And we thank you that your power is at work in our lives bringing these things to fruition. Bringing these things to fulfillment. And we give you praise and honor and thanks for the power of God that's at work even right now to bring these things to pass in our life. And we give you all of the glory and we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. We love you so much. I believe that this is going to be a powerful year for the church. I think it was Brother Copeland that said this is the year of the local church. And so we're going to see God do powerful things in your life and in the church and especially in the world concerning the harvest. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you. Why don't you stand to your feet and just shake hands with 5,000 people and testify to them. The Lord is good to me. We'll see you guys uh, Wednesday night. God bless you all.